Good morning. Welcome to our service this morning. Good to have each one of you with us on this beautiful day. We're going to start with hymn number three in the blue hymnals. Hymn number three, sing praise to God who reigns above the God of all creation. And what a powerful God we serve. Think of that, the God of all creation. He spoke it all into existence. Hymn number three in the blue hymnals. Let's stand please as we sing together. stanza, thus all my toilsome way along, I sing aloud thy praises, that men may hear the grateful song my voice unwearied raiseth. I hope this morning you'll really sing it out, and that last uh, phrase to God, all praise and glory. On that last stanza. me to the services today. Great to be in the Lord's house. A beautiful day outside and a great opportunity to um, 
uh, worship the Lord. Let's read in our Bibles this morning to James, in James chapter number 4. James chapter 4, we'll read the whole chapter, and uh, we'll be reading responsibly. I'll read the first and odd-numbered verses. The congregation will read the second and even-numbered verses. All right, let's stand as we read God's word together. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? We lust and have not, we will and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live, and do this or that. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. May God bless the reading of the word of God. Let's pray together. Father, we ask today. 
for your blessing upon this service. We pray that your Holy Spirit would work in our hearts. And now, Lord, even now, might you help us to quiet our hearts before you, to decide to worship you, to bow down before you, to praise you and thank you, Lord, for your Son, the Lord Jesus, for the gift of eternal life, for the new life that we have in the Lord Jesus. And Lord, there's so much that we can be thankful for, but even this day is a reminder of your blessings, of your goodness, of your mercy, and especially of your love in sending your son for us, that he would die in Calvary's cross. Lord, we ask today that you would bless our missionaries as they serve you, far, far away, some of them, Lord, uh, a lonely spot. And we pray you'd encourage them. May your Holy Spirit uh, uh, strengthen them. And uh, might you bless the word of God that they preach. Might they preach with power. We pray for them, Lord, that uh, souls will be saved. Souls will come to Christ. And that uh, their lives would bring glory to God. We pray, Lord, for the work in South Africa with the Robertses and Nathan and Laura and now Jenna helping in the school. Lord, uh, do a work down there. Uh, pray that you'd uh, work in the kids' club and pray that you would uh, give them adults that to want to make their life count for God, to be a part of the most important thing on earth, the establishment of the New Testament churches. And Lord, uh, bless uh, uh, Micah as he's in Africa today. We recognize that the dedication of the building and the chartering is already done at Gatakuyu. But Lord, we pray that uh, this would just be um, a beginning of a great work. Use Micah as he uh, is there to encourage the missionaries to challenge the people as a witness for you. Lord, um, encourage the Simonsons and the Rangers in the work and pray for, uh, Lord, the, the members of Lighthouse to be faithful, to be growing. We ask, Lord, that your hand would be upon the works in, in the Cameroon while the, the war continues there. Keep the people of God safe. Encourage the missionaries um, as they are in different fields at this time. And Lord, we pray for all the works in Europe today. Pray for the church in Oviedo without Brother Bucher. Pray, pray that, uh, Lord, that you will strengthen them in their resolve to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And help them, Lord, to determine that they're going to give themselves to make the work go. Raise up the right leadership, Lord, and uh, give this people a spirit of sacrifice and dedication and uh, faithfulness to thee to make that church go. And Lord, pray for Brother um, Forrester, Navajo Land. Thank you for the blessings 
and uh, pray that you'd work in a special way in the new openings of the gospel and the word of God in that place. And now, Lord, uh, we want to pray for our missions conference that you'll use it in our midst. And if it be your will, Lord, uh, to call right out of this place people to the field, we pray that uh, your will would be accomplished. And now, Lord, uh, we ask that you would, uh, in a special way, uh, be with uh, those who have physical needs. We pray especially for George today. Oh, God, uh, only you can make everything come together. We put them in your hands, Lord. Show yourself great. Pray for Gary. Thank you for the, some stability he's at. And pray that there would be increased function of that kidney, Lord. Only you can wake it up. And Lord, um, pray for others who are not able to be here, whether it's a spiritual battle or a physical. Might they sense your presence and intervene in their lives, Lord. And anyone new listening to live stream, work in their hearts, draw them to the Lord Jesus Christ. And may the truth uh, uh, set them free, Lord, and that they might serve you with their lives. Now, Lord, our country is in sad shape. Lord, all the ingredients of the destruction of our nation as it once was are in place. Lord, there's only one thing that can change it, and that's revival. Lord, it's still possible. Might there be a hunger among the people of God? And might in your mercy, Lord, bring revival to our land. Oh, Lord, might the fear of God fall upon all the places of sin in our nation. And might the fear of God fall down upon the churches. And Lord, we pray that souls will be saved. Lord, we pray that a soul will uh, be saved very soon, even this week, another soul. Thank you for those who have come to Christ. Help them to grow. Pray for the Bible study ministries. Lord, we need your blessing so that souls will come to Christ and grow in thee. And Lord, our church needs your blessing. We pray that you would give us um, families, Lord, people who want to live for you, that this that would be the foundation stones of, of this place to go forward. Lord, thank you that there's nothing too hard for you. Now bless this service. May it be to your glory. Pray for any soul that is here without Christ or any soul that is wandering from you whether it's on live stream or out there or even here, might they be brought to you, back to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
turn to hymn 464. And this, re- this song really reflects upon our salvation as you think back upon the salvation, all that God did in working in your life. Hopefully the response will be, I will praise him, praise the Lamb for sinners slain, give him glory all ye people, for his blood can wash away each stain. Hymn 464, I will praise him. second and third stanzas without the chorus, then we'll sing them once again on the fourth and fifth stanzas on the second.
right after the service this morning, if there's anybody that's available, Mr. Narlock will be helping lead uh, the setup for the fellowship tonight downstairs in the new fellowship hall. So he's looking for some uh, folks that could help him with that for the setup for that fellowship. So right after this morning's service, if you're able to help him, that would be a great blessing. And then we will have our regular choir practices uh, before our evening service tonight at 545. So don't forget about those things. Well, our veterans dinner is less than two weeks away. And tomorrow night needs to be a big outreach night. And we need a lot of big crew here uh, to help with that. And so let me just put that on your radar and encourage you to plan for that. If you're able to be here, uh, we'll have uh, our so many time outreach time. And we'll be focusing on veterans dinner and just going to different areas and spreading the word about Veterans Dinner. And I found that's such an easy way to connect with people. And even if you're just out looking and ask, uh, people just are open and receptive, and it just leads to great opportunities, great uh, conversations. So tomorrow night we'll be focusing on that. And then Wednesday uh, will be the start of our missions conference. And uh, we obviously... Uh, have the theme and verse up here on the wall and encourage you to start thinking and meditating upon those truths and what the Lord wants to do in our hearts through this missions conference. But Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, the service start time is at 6.30. And so I encourage you to take note of that and uh, be here for those uh, special services Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And of course, there won't be our regular Friday night events like Kids Club and so because of the missions conference. But then all day next Sunday as well, we'll have our missions conference theme and emphasis. And we're looking for the different missionaries that will be here with us. And so I encourage you to make the effort to be here with us for that missions conference. At this time, we'll sing the doxology. If you need the words, they're located in the front inside cover of the blue hymnal. Let's go ahead and stand, please, as we sing Praise God from Whom All Blessings Flow. thank you for your continued blessing and provision in our lives and in this church. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to honor you with that. And uh, Lord, we pray for the mission and goals of this church, Lord, that uh, really they are your goals in seeing the gospel go forward. I pray that you would help us to accomplish those and help those to be further through this offering this morning. I pray that your name would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.
You turn to him 243, and as you do so, the young people, third grade and below, may be dismissed to Children's Church. Him 243, the cross upon which Jesus died is a shelter in which we can hide. There's room at the cross for you, 243. We'll sing that last stanza, the hand of my Savior is strong. doesn't matter how bad of a sinner we are, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says there in the last phrase, the blood flows from Calvary to cleanse every stain. On that last stanza.
Thank you. You may be seated. me to James chapter 4. <clears throat> Maybe I have two messages for my, uh, two um, titles for my message, but maybe we'll stick with this one. Action or procrastination? Anybody know anything about that? Action or procrastination. James chapter 4. No. 
Verse 14, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time that vanisheth away. You know, the Bible is, um, and daily life, is full of the whole issue of action or procrastination. If you um, are doing anything in life, um, you know that every day is filled with that very issue, action or procrastination. Now, the Bible as well is uh, full of of, uh, principles that deal with that very issue. We reminded this morning of the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew chapter 25. There are those waiting for the coming of the Lord. Matthew 25, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. Maybe we could say five were people of action and five were people of procrastination. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold! The bridegroom cometh, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. And afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch ye therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. Well, here's a great uh, illustration of those procrastinating uh, about a good thing. And it didn't work out. Maybe you're procrastinating about getting saved. You think there's a better time. There may not be a better time. There may not be tomorrow. In Acts chapter number 24... Uh, we find procrastination and action again. And the Apostle Paul is giving his testimony before Felix, uh, the Roman ruler.
Verse 24 of Acts 24, And after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he, that's Paul, reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered thy way, and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a more convenient season, I will call for thee. Well, we don't know that next time. We don't know of a more convenient time that was going to take place. We never hear of Felix coming to Christ. I hope he did. But you know, the Spirit of God was convicting him. He trembled. He trembled at the thought of judgment, the thought of God's righteousness. He thought of his soul. But um, he procrastinated. Well, you know, this isn't a very good time right now. It's just not the right setting. No. You know when the right setting is? <clears throat> when the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart. It doesn't mean it matter if there's a crowd of a hundred or if there's a crowd of no one. The Spirit of God is speaking to your heart. That's the right time. You know, in the Bible, we find that um, um, tomorrow doesn't always work. Tomorrow doesn't always work. Numbers chapter 13. We have the account of the spies coming back from viewing the promised land. They came back and gave an evil report. And um, they refused um, to go in. They refused to take uh, the opportunity. And, uh, <clears throat> and Caleb gives them uh, his final uh, encouragement. Chapter 14, verse 14 says, Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation between all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? How long will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have showed among them, I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them. And I will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they, etc. Verse number 15. Now, um, verse, uh, we'll go on a little bit. 
Moses asking him to pardon the people. But the Lord says, verse 22, Because all these men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. Wow. Wow. And you know what? <clears throat> the Bible tells us that the people were regretting that um, they didn't obey the Lord. And they said, okay, we'll change our mind. We'll go into the land. And the Lord said, too late. And they presumed and they took a band and went into the land a little bit and they were defeated. But it was too late. You know, um, they had the opportunity of now, not the opportunity of tomorrow. And that's a very um, um, important issue in life, is the importance of now. The Bible time um, is now. Let's look at a couple verses that talk about the fact that God's time is now. There's no guarantee of tomorrow, but there is the opportunity of today. Turn with me to Second um, Corinthians chapter 6. famous verse in the Bible, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in a day of salvation have I succored thee or helped thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. We have... Um, Three important points we want to talk about the issue of action or procrastination. First of all, <clears throat> there is no guarantee of tomorrow. There's no guarantee of tomorrow. Proverbs 29 verse 1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. There is no guarantee of tomorrow. You have um, um, no guarantee of the opportunities of today to be tomorrow, like the people of Israel. 
You have no guarantee of the working of God of tomorrow. Notice what it says in John chapter 3. When Jesus is explaining what it means to be born again, he puts in here a very um, uh, interesting thought as he's explaining this being born again. John 3, he says, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh. But, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Oh, how does that tell us about being born of the Spirit? Well, the wind is a representation of the Holy Spirit. Now, the wind, you know, we don't have a wind today. Which one of you decided that? Which one of you decided that? No, the wind represents the sovereignty of God. It's going to blow when it's going to blow. And you know, last Saturday, a lot of wind. Today, no wind. Hopefully you weren't planning on flying a kite today. Because it wouldn't go anywhere. You'd have to do a lot of running. And keep running. It says, the wind bloweth where it listeth. In other words, where it willeth. You know, God has a will. And when God is working, it's not for no purpose at all. It is for a purpose. And uh, um, it ought to be responded to. <laughs> if you understand the mercy of God. It says, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. You don't see it, and you cannot tell whence it cometh. You know, we wouldn't know where it's coming from, except, you know, we look at wherever, you know. And so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You know, when the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, um, that's your opportunity of life. Tomorrow, the fact is, tomorrow isn't always the same. It was late at night, Friday night. I had a load of feed that I had to unload. I was thinking, I don't want to unload this feed. I don't want to unload it. And um, I'm tired, had a long day. I got more things to do. I said, finally, I came to the point where I said, okay, I'll do it. Got it done. Next morning, it was raining. I was thinking, 
Boy, I'm sure glad I unloaded that feed last night. I mean, last, the night before, I looked at the sky and I saw all these stars. I, I'd be fine. I don't have to do this. There's no guarantee of tomorrow. But you have today. You and I have today. We have the opportunity of God. Um, when God is speaking to our life, we have that opportunity. We have no guarantee of tomorrow. How many times have you read your Bible and God spoke to you about something and you procrastinated? You know, um, I was thinking about that in a different way. You know, some of the sermons I preach, I preached one a few weeks ago, and I thought, you know what? I may not preach this a sermon like this in 10 years. You know, you can't preach the same sermon every year. I mean, there's a lot of things to preach on, amen? I think, boy, you know what? If a person doesn't respond when it's preached, there's no guarantee they'll ever hear that message again. And there's no guarantee that the Spirit of God will ever work on their heart. The Bible says, he that hardeneth his heart shall suddenly be reproved, and that without remedy. Oh, you can harden your heart and harden your heart and harden your heart and harden your heart. Say no to God, be procrastinating. No, no, no. Well, someday it will be too late. The hardness will become so intense that you will be unable to move spiritually. It's a spiritual reality. There's no guarantee of tomorrow, but you have today. There's no guarantee of the opportunities of today. There's no guarantee of the working of God. You know, that's why we give an invitation. Some people don't understand invitation. They must not understand God. God, working, walking with God is not some intellectual, mere intellectual exercise. It's the moving of God in our hearts. And we do have an intellect, but you know what? We have a will. And we're supposed to exercise that will and make decisions for God. Boy, we might get to it. I was thinking about the decisions that I've made for God in my life and how those decisions at the right times, at the times they were made, uh, made all the difference in my life. Now, <clears throat> secondly, the Bible says, boast not thyself tomorrow. We need to, and we've already inferred this, we need to understand the deception of tomorrow. Hmm. The deception of tomorrow. Yep. We have the deception that tomorrow will come. It may not come. Not for you and me. It might not. We have the deception that the situation of today will repeat itself tomorrow. That's not true. We already mentioned that. 
The wind bloweth where it listeth. We don't know that the opportunity, spiritual opportunity, or any opportunity of today will be repeated tomorrow. We don't have that guarantee. We don't, uh, um, we certainly don't have the guarantee that our heart will be tender tomorrow. You know what the Bible says? Harden not thy heart. You know, because if you harden your heart, the possibility is that tomorrow it will be so, it will have been hardened because you chose to harden it, that it will be too hard to respond to God. Harden not your heart as in the day of provocation. That's what he says in about Numbers 13. Don't harden your heart. Oh, we think that's no big thing to harden our heart. Oh, it is a big thing. Because when you harden your heart, now you're taking away the opportunity of today. The moving of the Holy Spirit. We can do that whether we're reading our Bible or we can do that when we come to this church and hear a message and the Spirit of God speaks to our heart. And we say, no, we'll do it on a more convenient time. Well, the convenient time normally doesn't happen except in the mercy of God. The deception of tomorrow. That is so true. Deception that it will come. The deception that uh, the situation of today will uh, repeat itself. In fact, as we mentioned, it could be exactly the opposite. It could be exactly the opposite. It could be that the Spirit of God won't speak to our heart, and it could be that our heart now, instead of being tender, is hard. The third um, important truth is that um, God's time is today. The only time that we really have is today. Now is the only time that we really have. A couple of illustrations of now. Matthew chapter 8. Here we have the uh, situation of the centurion's son, uh, servant, being healed. Matthew 8, verse 6. Verse 5, And when Jesus was entering at Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. 
Now, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? You know, to go to that house would have been later, wouldn't it? It would have been later. And he says, no, you don't have to come to my house. You can do it right now. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers unto me, and I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, in, not in Israel. And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into the outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. Now. Now. God's time is now. We read um, other places in the Bible. We read about the woman with the issue of blood. And she says, if I may but just touch his garment. That's all I need to do, just touch his garment. And the Bible says she, she, how she squeezed through the crowd. I mean, I must have quite an effort for a woman who was anemic, very weak, had to squeeze through the crowd, must have been a tremendous effort. And she said, if I may, just touch his garment. And you can kind of imagine her, you know, just you know, reaching with all her strength just to touch his garment. If I may but touch his garment. And the moment. She touched his garment. She was healed. And the Lord um, said, what is this? I, I sense virtue is going out of me. <laughs> wow. You know, you think of the, the, the disciples. Jesus said to the disciples, follow me. Comes to Peter and James and John at different occasions and Matthew. And he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And guess what? They hemmed and hawed and thought about it. They said, we'll come back in a couple of days and tell you. No. The Bible says, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And the Bible says, straightway, they left their nets and followed him. Now, God's time in your life is now. Notice the um, Matthew chapter 24. The people who um, don't get the idea of now. Here it's talking about the tribulation period. And it's talking about... Uh, the signs of the times, and certainly we have the signs of the times today. But uh, notice uh, what it says, Matthew 33, uh, 24, verse 32. Now learn the parable of fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put it forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at 
the doors. Know that it is near, even at the doors. Notice what it says a little bit um, later. Verse 42, watch therefore, for you know not the hour your Lord cometh. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known at what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be also ready, for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. For who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant saith in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and an hour that he is not aware of, and he shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. Now notice the whole situation. The context, look at the signs of the hour. The wise person does something about it right now. The wise person knows that God's time is now. That means be ready, be watchful, be alert, live like he's coming today. The procrastinator says, oh, he's not coming for a while. You know, it's really an attitude of life, isn't it? It's a whole demeanor of thinking today versus tomorrow. And you know, it's a rat race. Every one of us can, can get uh, all mixed up. And if you are um, a person that is a tomorrow person, in life, you might be tempted to be a tomorrow person in your spiritual life. What kind of person are you? Are you a now person or a tomorrow person? You know, <clears throat> the now person is typically the person who... Um, uh, says, you know, I got to get it done. Because tomorrow, um, I might not get it done. <laughs> and that can apply to lots of things, doesn't it? Now, <clears throat> boast not thyself tomorrow, for thou knowest, know, knowest not what the day may come. Now, in that context, the Bible says, for your life is a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth. And so he's giving us a principle of life here. <clears throat> and we'll expand on this. Every day is like a vapor. Every year is like a vapor. Every season of life is like a vapor. Your life itself, number four, is like 
a vapor. Your life is like a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. Every day of your life is like a vapor. It will be gone before you know it. Every day, a person needs to capture the time with God. You know, I find out, I find that if I don't start my day with God, there's not a whole lot of time left to repeat the process. The life is like a vapor. And if it's like a vapor, you have to capture your time before it's gone. You got to capture your time. Every day you have to capture time. Every day you have to capture your time by putting the first things first. You have to capture your time by you have to get up earlier than you need to get up early if you're going to read your Bible. Amen? You had to capture the time. It's not going to happen by accident because your day is like a vapor and it is going to be gone before you know it. And the older you get, the faster it goes. I remember somebody telling me about a relative, a a relative, how that this relative had gotten elderly and that there was one event that took place every day. They'd get up, they'd get themselves put together, and they would go to the restaurant, and they would have lunch or whatever it was, They would come home, nap after lunch, and that was it. That was their day. It went like that for that person. For you and I, I would say, oh, just one event? No. It was for him. Life is like a vapor. And your day and my day is like a vapor. And if you don't capture the time of the day now, it will be gone. You have to capture time with God. If God means something to you, if your spiritual life means something to you, then you have to every day capture that day for God. Well, what if you don't capture that day? Guess what? Then your soul suffers for it. You lost it. You've lost the opportunity. You've lost what you needed. You lost what was vital to the maintenance of your spiritual life. You lost it. Remember, tomorrow is a deception. Now the Bible tells us in Psalm 90, verse 12, it says, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You know, God made it so that every year there's 12 months, 52 weeks, 365 days. 
You know, if there wasn't that cycle, we would lose track of life. We would lose track of life. We'd lose track of uh, any record of, of life. We'd lose track of where we've been, where we're going, what we've done, what we haven't done. We would lose track. You know, um, <clears throat> there's one good thing about being up, living up in the north. Winter. You know, winter is pretty important. Do you know that? Because um, um, in the summer, you're getting ready for winter. And in the fall, you're getting ready for winter. And uh, spring, you're getting ready for summer, so you can get ready for winter. If you don't have winter, just think of the climates that don't have real winter. You know, many of those climates that don't have winter are very unproductive. Those places where they can plant a garden all year round, they're not the most thriving economies in the world. Those countries many times are some of the least productive nations on the earth. They don't have to prepare. They don't have to plan ahead. They don't have to capture today. <clears throat> we need to capture every year. Didn't it seem like 2023 just started? But 2023 is almost over. Every year is a vapor. Every year is a vapor. And every year we have to determine to capture our year for God. We capture our year for God. We, de we have to capture that year to make sure that that year is productive for God. Now, how would you do that? Well, how would you say, well, you know, a whole year has gone by, haven't won one soul to Christ. Oh, man. My years, my life is made up of years. And as a Christian, I spent a whole year, which is a significant measure of my life. I spent a whole year and didn't lead one soul to Christ? Remember, tomorrow is deceptive. Procrastination is deceptive. It causes a person not to grab a hold of the vapor. It causes a person to um, pretend like everything is fine when everything isn't fine. Thirdly, every season of life is a vapor. Every season of life 
is a vapor. That famous verse, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1, <clears throat> everyone knows it, but for the sake of um, emphasis, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. I want your eyeballs to see it. Ecclesiastes 12.1. Notice the famous words there. Remember now. God's time is now. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. The season of life. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh. When thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. In other words, getting old isn't for wimps. Every season of life will, will go by quickly. You know, childhood goes by very quickly. Childhood goes by very quickly. And you know, when you look back on childhood, you know, you look at, you look back at, you know, a few events, <laughs> you know, that spanned those first 12 years of your life. You know what I'm saying? You just kind of look at it, whoosh. Now, when you're in that, in the midst of it, you don't quite understand that. But God is saying, it goes by quickly. And you know, if you're a parent, <clears throat> you get to realize that childhood goes by quickly. We live in a day in which um, most of the world doesn't understand the seasons of life. You know, um, youth is a season of life. Childhood is a season of life. It's a very important one. I got a little video clip this week of one of my grandchildren, four years old, in front of a music stand, leading singing and making up Christian songs. I'm saying that boy's got something that 99.9% .9 of other children in the world don't have. A heart and mind that's being touched for God. Why? Is it important? Because childhood is a significant season of life. 
that can never be repeated. Teens, youth, is a season of life. It will come, it will go. You know, in the beginning of every season of life, you have to make a decision about that season of your life. Now, childhood, that's a little bit difficult. By teenage, you know, when you're 12 or 13, you know, your brain starts functioning a little bit. That's why the Bible says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Because your years of youth are very important, essential to the rest of your life. They will never be repeated. The opportunity certainly will never be repeated. The significance of that will never be repeated. Young person, don't be a procrastinator. Don't think that later on you can recover that season of life you lost. Now you can make decisions that will set you on the right path, but you'll never recover that season of life that was essential for your total development. And for your future. Remember now. Thy creator in the days of thy youth. The season of. Young adulthood. will never be repeated. Now, when you're a teenager, you have more expendable income than any other time in your life. I wonder what you're doing with that money. Wasting it? You don't have to pay tax. You don't have to pay a mortgage payment. You don't have to pay house insurance. You don't have to pay um, 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 the water bill. You probably don't have to pay the food bill. And I could give you a bunch of other bills you don't have. And so about 99.9% .9 of your income is expendable. What are you doing with it? Wasting it? No. Remember now that I created in the days of our youth. Oh, I can do something tomorrow. No. Today is the accepted time. What about the young adult years? You know, young adult years... You have, uh, before marriage, you have more time to serve God than any other time in your life. You have more time to serve God than any other time in your life. You know, as a young adult, <clears throat> you probably have Monday night, 
You could do something for God. You got Tuesday night, you could do something for God. You got Wednesday night, you can do something for God. You got Thursday night, you got to do something for God. Friday night, you got to do something. You can do something for God. Saturday night, um, you can do for something for God. You know, you don't have 10 kids that you have to get ready for church the next day or anything. You know, you got every night of the week to, every day, every night of the week to do something for God, plus the weekend. Never have that ever again. Never again will you have that time available for God. Now, it's an important season of life. Now, we could also say those things about marriage, you know, those young married years, that's a season of life. You'll never have it again. Oh, you got kids, and they're a handful, but you know what? You got a lot more energy than you will ever have again. You got a lot more energy you will ever have again. Don't think that you're going to have more energy later. It's not going to happen. And you know, you can talk about senior citizens. I guess I'm one. But you know, um, senior citizens, senior citizenship typically in uh, uh, declines towards, um, trying to think of the right word, this isn't the right word, disability. Where you can do less and less and less. It's a season of life. Don't think later on you're going to do more for God. Now is the accepted time. You know, I think the principle is you do all you can for God at every time and every season of your life. That's the only right way to face life. All you can, the best you can for God now. That's the only way to prepare and to you for the next season and to make the fullest use of that season. Remember, it's action or procrastination. It's either action now or procrastination. It's either today or it's tomorrow. So the question is, God must be trying to tell, talk to somebody today that you're procrastinating on making the decisions for God or serving God. You somehow got the idea that tomorrow will be okay. That's a deception. Now is the accepted time. How many people came to Jesus and said, I want to be healed? But just a minute, hold on. Not today. 
Not today. I don't want to get healed today. You say, that's foolish. The wind bloweth where it listeth. You know, life is made up of lots of people who have the same opportunities of life. Hear the same messages, have the same Bible, and some make their life count for God. Some grow stronger and become more productive. Some become more weak, become weaker, and continually become less productive. It's really all about now or tomorrow. Action now or the deception of procrastination. Every one of us probably deal with that to some degree in our daily life, don't we? And you know, procrastination usually... Um, produces more procrastination. And the only way you can end that uh, cycle of putting it off and delaying and being inactive and uh, losing the opportunities of life and really wasting life it is to shock the system and say, now is the accepted time. Now I'm going to make the decisions for God I need to make. Now, will be the mantra of my life. Now. That kind of decisiveness is what the kingdom of God has always been built on. And it certainly is important for you and I to capture every season of life and to capture our life in itself. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking, boy, I'm sure glad. That day in May of 1969, as a young 19-year-old, only been saved eight months, I am so glad that I went to a missions conference and I surrendered my life to God. I'm so glad. I said, God, whatever you want for my life, I don't know what it is, but I'll, I'm surrendering my life. I didn't really know a whole lot about that decision, but I knew that God was speaking to my heart. And I didn't know much about God speaking to my heart either. But I'm so glad I made that decision. There's other decisions that I made. And I said, boy, I'm so glad I made that decision when I made that decision. 
I'm so glad I made that decision. How many years would it have taken to make to come to the place that I've been to make that decision if I didn't make it then? You know, when I made it then, it paved the way for the rest of my life. Now, accept the time. If you're not saved, don't put it off. If you're not surrendered to God, young person, don't put it off. That is a tragic mistake. You're losing time. You're losing the huge season of your life. Don't put it off. God's speaking to you today. Important decision. Don't put it off. Quit being a procrastinator. You're just throwing away your life and time. Defeat the devil. Amen? Defeat the devil. And you defeat the devil by acting in God's time, which is now. Amen? Well, if you're not saved today, well, today's the time. If you're saved and you're not reading your Bible every day, don't lose another day without reading your Bible. Don't lose another day. Don't, uh, don't lose the opportunity for God to work in your life. You know what? Don't miss a church service. You know what you ever think about that? You know what? <clears throat> Once in a while, I'm sick. Praise the Lord, I haven't been sick for a while. And you know, you miss church? Man, you know what? It's two, it's four, almost 14 days from one Sunday to the next if you miss church one Sunday. That's a long time, isn't it? That's a long time. It's happened once or twice. And I thought, man, I haven't gone from house to God a long time, even from Wednesday to Wednesday if you're missing on Sunday. Or if you're missing on Wednesday from Sunday to Sunday. Wow, it's a long time, spiritually. Lots of other things we could say to apply it, but hope you're listening to the Lord. Let's bow in prayer. Father, Thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, that you constantly, Lord, um, are giving us opportunities to go forward. And Lord, we thank you that life is full of those opportunities to grow, to go forward, to make our life count. And Lord, Forgive us, we're often put it off. We often procrastinate, then we regret it. We lose a day, maybe we lose a week. We lose a significant step. We lost by procrastinating. We didn't gain. The devil had the victory. Lord, help us to get a hold of our lives. Intervene, Lord. Be merciful, gracious to us. Lord, don't let us uh, uh, be weak or soft or inactive. Give us the, your grace, Lord, to be uh, people of decision and to capture the time while we have it because our life will be over way too soon like a vapor. 
Lord, help us to be using our life for you. We'll never regret it. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here today and you need to um, escape the deception of tomorrow, the deception of good intentions. Maybe there's a list of things, maybe there's a big thing that on the list of good intentions, but it never happens. It's just on the list of deceptive intentions. But God is speaking to your heart today. Say, you know, that's got to stop. That's got to stop. The Spirit of God is speaking to your heart today. You need to capture the moment. You say, now is the accepted time. Say, yes. Now is that when I need to make that decision with God's help to do what he wants me to do. Whatever that is in your life. So many things that we make decisions about. Maybe it's about reading your Bible every day. Maybe it's about not missing a church service. Maybe it's about witnessing every day. Maybe it's about deciding to, to fight that bad habit. Whatever it is, God speaking to your heart as a believer. Say, Pastor, pray with me. Procrastination needs to go. I need to start today. God knows what it is. I'm making that decision for God today. Anyone here today? Just lift up your hands. Right? Whoever it might be. Amen. Amen. God knows what it is. I need to get put off procrastination. And I need to decide and make my life count. Maybe you're letting the season of your life pass by. Soon you're going to be no longer a young adult. No, so, so soon you're only not going to be a teenager. And uh, those years will have escaped and, because uh, you didn't, weren't decisive about making them count for God. God is speaking to your life about making that season of your life count for God. And um, God spoke to you about that today. Anyone here today? Okay, amen. Others? That season of life, yes. Amen, that season of life. Now you're here today and you're not saved. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not saved. I need to be saved. I can't put it off any longer. I, don't, I have tremendous doubts about my salvation. Maybe that's it. I just can't put it off any longer. It will just go on and on and on and I'll never deal, deal with it. Today's got to be the day. Pastor, pray for me. I need to deal with my salvation. Anyone here today? Anyone here today? Raise your hand. I may pray for you. Lord, thank you for speaking to our hearts. And Lord, in your grace, help your people, each one of us, not to lose the now, the wind of your Holy Spirit working in our hearts. Lord, even before the service is over, or before the people go out that door. Help them to deal with whatever they even haven't dealt with yet. Because that wind may die down when they get out that door. Certainly the opposition of the world will kick in. 
And so bless the people of God, their decisions for you in our lives. Might you be glorified in it. We, may we look to you in humility for strength and power. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can take one of the green hymnals. We'll turn to 396 in the green hymnals. So little time, the harvest will be over. 396 in the green hymnals. Let's stand, please, as we sing. but I trust that God is bringing you to a place of decisiveness, not procrastination. Let's close in prayer. Mike Darlock, close in prayer for us. Lord, this message this morning was a good reminder that we only have one life to live. In the seasons in life, Lord, the ones that have gone past, we cannot bring back. But Lord, we certainly can... Go forward with what we have left in life. And Lord, as uh, we've been given this challenge this morning, I pray that every one of us would reevaluate the time we've been given and what we are doing with our lives and will account for eternity. And as we just sang, Lord, will we hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. So Lord, it's just a question every one of us has to ask in our own hearts. Lord, I pray that you would just work.
convict where need, conviction is needed. And I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here that's not saved, that they would not procrastinate. Mm -hmm. Lord, time is short. We never know if we have tomorrow. Lord, you never said that, uh, never promised that. So today may be the only day you have left. So I pray for that soul that they would not uh, procrastinate on their salvation. So we commit that to you, Lord, in Jesus' name.